If you turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm chapter 23, last week we talked about uh, the good shepherd in Psalm 22 who laid down his life for the sheep. Today we want to talk about Psalm 23, and you know what, we might take a couple Sundays just to hit this, this chapter, and Psalm 23 really is a portrayal of Christ, our shepherd who guides and protects us, and this is Psalm 23, and I want to look at the first four verses this morning, or first three verses, and let's just read this together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You know, Jesus is our, is our shepherd. He is, our, uh, he is not only our savior shepherd, but he is also our sovereign Lord. He is our Lord, our King. And when Jesus laid down his life, we see in Psalm 22, we read about how dramatic and so how powerful that time was and what was going through his heart and his mind as he was on the cross. In Psalm 23, we can see that Christ here, being the, the sheep, the lamb that laid down his life, is now qualified to be our lamb as well. It's really beautiful in Revelations chapter 7, we read that in the middle of the, of the incredible heavenly um, activity, the praises and the worship and, and all the things that are happening on the earth as, as far as judgment during the time of the tribulation, we see that, um, that there's a moment where all eyes are, are turned to the lamb that is on the throne. And in, 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 in Revelation chapter 7, it says that this lamb that is on the, on the throne, in the midst of the throne, is a lamb that will be a shepherd and that will guide And so it's beautiful to know that the Lamb, the Lamb of God, is also our shepherd. And you know, I wanna just say a few things about sheep. There's three things I wanna say. Number one, sheep wander. Number two, sheep follow. And number three, sheep are easily injured. And number four, we need a shepherd. We like sheep, we are very much like sheep, and we need a shepherd. And God gives us shepherds. And so maybe this morning's gonna be a little bit more of a teaching time rather than Um, Maybe we preach a little bit. Sometimes God has an anointing where we preach. You know, we're fiery, we're passionate. There's this excitement about what we're talking about and there's this conviction. And then sometimes it's just clear teaching. And I wanna try to do that this morning if the Lord will give it. Some clear teaching on this topic of what it means to have a shepherd, to be shepherded, and what it means to be a sheep, amen? So let's just open with a word of prayer. Father, we pray that you'd bless this word and speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. When the Bible uses a metaphor for people, it uses, the Bible uses a metaphor 400 times in the Bible to describe us human beings. And you know what he uses? Sheep. Sheep. We are called sheep. And sheep is a term, when we think of like sheep and Jesus being our shepherd, we think of, um, we think of the picture maybe that we've seen like the the grassy fields, the blue sky, the, the white fluffy sheep in the clouds. Everything seems to be warm and fuzzy. And we think of these little lambs that are just, are just by, by green pastures and still waters. But we need to know that when the Bible talks about sheep, it's not really a compliment. I don't know how many, how many of you have worked with sheep before. Pastor Adam has. I mean, you've worked with sheep and you know what I'm talking about. Sheep can be stubborn right? They can be dependent, and they're also defenseless. Sheep are defenseless. They wander. 
When a sheep is lost, uh, it can't find its way home. And they're they not like dogs and cats where they, by nature, you can drop them off on the other side of town or on, the, on, the, you know, on, on a totally different location and they're going to find their way back. A sheep, though it can even see where its home is, its fold, will not be able to get back there. Um, they just don't know how to, they just don't know, they, don't, they have no sense of direction. Um, when they're feeding, uh, they'll nibble here and there and they'll just keep following their teeth and they'll just keep nibbling, wandering. And so when a sheep sees grass, no matter where it is, no matter how steep or how dangerous the spot is, they're gonna go for that grass. Does that sound like us? <laughs> Isaiah said that we are like sheep and we've gone astray, we've turned everyone to his own way and the Lord hath laid upon him our Savior, Jesus Christ, the iniquity of us all. Isaiah 53, verse six. When a sheep wanders, the shepherd has to go after it and catch it. And not only catch it, but the shepherd has to grab the sheep, throw it on the ground, and sometimes tie its legs up and carry it back to the fold. That's the way we are as people. We are sheep. We're people that wander, so easily wander. The second thing about sheep is that sheep, can, sheep will follow. And sometimes they'll follow even the wrong one. <clears throat> they play follow the leader. And sometimes these rams will lead them in the wrong direction. In 2005, I read about an article. A Turkish her herdsman watched in horror and fascination as 1,500 sheep all jumped off of a cliff. And that's because one of, their, one of the alpha rams <clears throat> started heading towards the cliff. And suddenly it tumbled off. And the other sheep seeing the, the ram going off the cliff followed him, followed them, and there was 450 of these sheep just went over the edge and died on the bottom of the ravine. But there was more, there was 1,500 that actually went over the edge, and the others survived because they landed on the soft corpses of the sheep. Sheep are going to do crazy things. We do crazy things. People do crazy things. And sheep cannot save themselves. That's why we needed a savior, right? That's why we needed a shepherd to come out after us. Sometimes we wander, right? Sometimes we wander. Sometimes we're in a place where, where like sheep don't even know what to eat. <clears throat> sheep are easily injured. They, they don't know necessarily what to eat. And if you leave them in the same spot and you don't move them, they're gonna chew the grass down till it's mud and then they're gonna starve to death in the mud. Sheep need to be moved to good pastures, to green pastures. If sheep, don't, if sheep are not moved, then they're gonna be injured. They're gonna eat bad things. Sheep don't even know where to walk because sometimes they'll stand on things that will cause them to be in an unsafe place. They're defenseless and sheep are foolish. One of the most dangerous times in the life of a sheep, and this is from a book that was written in the 70s um, by a guy, of his name is Keller, and it's a, a shepherd's look at uh, Psalm 23. And you may recognize that book or may have read it, but he says in this book, one of the most dangerous times in the life of a sheep is just before they are sheared for their wool. They are so large and so round that if they lay down and happen to roll into a small depression in the ground, they cannot right themselves. It's in a position which the shepherd calls cast. The sheep may paw the air frantically and try to get back on its feet. It may bleat, but most of the time it will just lay there and suffer in silence. If the shepherd is not alert and finds such a sheep and doesn't find a sheep in such a hurry, the heat or the sun or wild animals will eventually kill it. <clears throat> Simply put, without a shepherd, we die. 
Without a shepherd, sheep die. And I, I just want to, in a, in a simple way this morning, just communicate the best I can how important it is that God gives us shepherds. Shepherds are, the word shepherd is a word that is used in the New Testament and even in the Old Testament to describe leaders. A metaphor, the, the most commonly used metaphor for leaders, civil leaders and spiritual leaders, is a word that is used, uh, shepherd. And we read a lot about shepherds and how God wants the sheep to be shepherd, his sheep, his flock. And you know that you are his flock, uh, you are his sheep, and Christ, the great shepherd, has poured out his blood for you. And as a pastor, when I think of preaching, there's not a Sunday that goes by that I don't think this, I don't think this thought that, that Lord, these are your sheep, they are purchased by your blood, and you wanna speak to them. And give me a word in season that, that they would be cared for, mended, tended, encouraged, and guided. And you know, in Ezekiel 34, and I think sometime in the future maybe we'll look at this portion, but it's a, it's a rebuke of God to the shepherds of Israel, the civil leaders and the pastors, the spiritual leaders that are failing in their attempt to lead. Uh, they are feeding themselves. They are using the sheep for their own gain. They're using their they're using their sheep for their own ego and their own gratification. And I think in ministry and as a pastor, you know, you're doing a lot of speaking, you're up in the front a lot. And you, you have to be really careful because um, we need to understand that Christ is a shepherd and we're just a mouthpiece. We're a pastor, we're shepherds. Um, there's, a, there's a biblical office for that in the New Testament in Ephesians chapter four, but these are God's people. And, and I really, there, there, are great, there are many moments where during the week, uh, you'll come to my mind. Like everyone in this room this week came to my mind at one time or another, and I prayed for you, or I texted you. And you came to mind, and I prayed for you. And if you get a random text from me at some time saying, hey, how are you? Um, it's because I had a thought, I thought about you. And I texted you, and I pray for you, and I think about you guys, because you're the Lord's sheep. And we need to be shepherd. We as sheep are dependent, but we're also stubborn and we're independent. And just to share my heart with you guys, I, I just think that sometimes what the most frustrating thing is as a pastor, not frustrating, but painful, is when you as a pastor are walking with someone through something and someone doesn't want to be guided, they don't want to be led, and it's like maybe like a parent maybe or someone who, a, a father that sees his family or kids and wants to lead the family in a direction. And maybe there's someone that just is wandering into a place of confusion and they're outside of the fold. Pastor Adam was telling me yesterday, I think I got this right, but <clears throat> there are some sheep in his, he has sheep in his, <clears throat> where he lives on his property six or seven of them, and when one of them like gets away from the herd, they just freak out, right? They just get, they just shake, they're just jumping around, they're bleeding. And I think that there's sheep, there's, there's sheep that really understand the sense of the vulnerability and the danger of them being alone. It's just built inside of them. And when you look at, when you look at prey, and when you look at um, animals of prey, like foxes or bears or, or lions or you know some of these other animals that that prey on sheep 
Um, they're looking for the straggler. They're looking for the one that's isolated. And really, that's the primary work of the enemy of your soul is to get you and I, as, I, I, you and I isolated. Isolated in our situation. Isolated in our problems. Isolated in the thing that we think is a good thing to do. Where we are separated from, where we're separated from the flock and there's not that edification going on. There's not that encouragement going on. There's not that accountability, that, that exhorting one another, sharpening each other's face like a man's face sharpens, like the, like a, like a, like, like the iron that sharps, uh, we sharpen each other spiritually. When I come on Sundays, when we're here Wednesdays, or Bible school, and by the way, we're, our Bible school semester is starting this month, and at the end of the service, I would really like to encourage you to take some time, take a look at the classes that we're offering. We're offering some really awesome classes, and there's an um, there's a, there's a info pack in the back that Pastor Adam put all together, and if you'd like to take a look at that, pick a day or pick a course, and then just sign up. Just go online through the church app, sign up, and, and then we're going we're gonna to be in touch with you about the, the classes that are being offered and the timetable. But you know something that, that, that when we are in the body of Christ, we're in a place where we're getting built up, we're being encouraged. Um, we as Americans, and I, I feel it in my own life, is that there is just so much that we are doing as in our American schedule for our families. My son just started going to kindergarten two weeks ago. And man, we just, you know, wake up at crack of dawn and we're just, you know, like, and I love it because I get up before the sun does now and I'm just drinking my coffee, seeing the sun come up and meeting the Lord. I love that. You know, we get so busy with things, but there's a time when we have to understand that, you know, something, I am not made for my schedule. My schedule's made for me. I'm not made for my career. My career's made for me. I am not made, you know, I am not made for the system. The system is made for me and my calling in Jesus Christ. You know what I'm saying? And what happens is, is that we can get so, like I was talking to somebody this week, you know, and this is something that I've wrestled with, is learning how to say no. Like just saying no, like, you know, like no. Because there's priorities in my life as a sheep. I've gotta have eternal priorities. And what's frustrating sometimes, excuse me, is when, when you talk with folks and the, the answers are there, the, the provision is there, the wisdom is there, the messages are being preached, uh, there's teaching going on, and there's just, there's, there is, there, there is um, the lack of, there's that lack of availability to receive it. It's like someone's been diagnosed with cancer and they're not gonna go to the hospital. And I say this because what can happen, what can happen many times is that we can get into a place where, where we're being, um, where we're being, thank you, where we're being um, so inundated with, with details and things like that, that like there is a condition, and my wife talked about it, where our adrenal system, our adrenal system, that, that system that causes us to get excited or gives us energy and it's shooting, you know, what is this? It's a chemical into your bloodstream that's just getting adrenaline. It's getting you going. And, and it, sometimes it happens, you know, when we're in a place of fear and, and, and anxiety that adrenal system can get burnt out. And it can get burnt out because, it can get burnt out because um, we are just overloaded. And this is what can happen, is that if we are overloaded, what can happen is that our, our lifestyle, our system, our desires, or the, or the dreams that we're chasing can actually isolate us really from the plan of God in our life. A sheep, when it's isolated, doesn't know that it's isolated. It doesn't know necessarily that it's in danger. 
And I think that when we are not, we were made for community. We were made for the body of Christ. In Psalm 133, there's an anointing there. There's an anointing here. When we gather together, there's an anointing here. And when we're here Wednesday nights, I love it because we get to hear people's testimonies. We get to hear what God's doing in people's life. We get to hear their stories. And I leave Wednesday nights or from our Bible school nights, I leave, I'm so encouraged. I'm really encouraged. And so we are sheep and we need to be shepherded. We are given... Um, we are given a provision. Pastures in the New Testament, and this is the fourth point I wanna make. We like sheep need to be shepherd. God gives us pastors. Pastors in the New Testament are described as in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses one through four, as under shepherds. Like, I'm not God. <laughs> and, and I'm not the person to tell you what to do in your life. Uh, I'm an under shepherd. I'm under the authority of not only Jesus Christ as my head, but I'm also under authority. I have pastors in my life that, are my peers, but they're also speaking to my life. And I have accountability, I have people, I have pastors, some of them have come here and you've, you've met some of them. And I'm just not a lone ranger and I don't think I could do it. If I was not being pastored, I think I'd quit as a pastor. And I think sometimes pastors quit because they're not being pastored. They're not being encouraged, right, amen? It's, you know, and I think pastors get beat up and they just start beating other people up because they're just not being pastored. There's no one to care for their soul. David was in this position. David said, there's no man to care for my soul. Can you believe that? That's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And I think that that can happen. There's such an attack today on leadership. And it, it, we, it could be said that there are so many bad shepherds out there that people are like, I don't want to ever go to another church and experience that again. But just because there's a lot of bad pastors, it doesn't mean that God doesn't give pastors that are after his own heart. A pastor is a gift, it's a gift from God. Like when I look at my pastor and the, my pastor teacher that passed away years ago, you know what, that was a gift in my life. There are people today that don't have a pastor. Have you ever been in a place where you've never been pastored or you don't have a pastor? Do you remember that? Have you been in a place where you've not been pastored and you don't have a pastor? It's like, a, it's a scary place, it's crazy, it's really unbelievable, how many have been that? And so when we are pastor, when God gives us a pastor, it's a gift. In Jeremiah 3, verse 15, gather, God gathers his people. Listen to this. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15, God gathers his people from backsliding and retrogression. It just means that we're going backwards and brings them back to a flock and gives them a pastor shepherd after his own heart to feed them with knowledge and understanding. We need that. We really need that. Someone may say, well, I'm... I'm being pastored by YouTube, or I'm being pastored by, I have, a, I have a guy that I call, he's mentoring me, he's in California maybe, somebody, somebody said that to me one time, but there's no pastor, no face to face, there's no presence, and when that is not, when it's not like that, then we're not being pastored, and we're functioning on our own. Ephesians 4 verse 11, God creates an office in the New Testament of a pastor teacher. This pastor is not only supposed to preach, but he's also to teach, and that's my job, my job is to, is to like hear from God, to, to pastor to the best I can in prayer and to also teach, to teach. And if I don't do that, and I think that's how, that's how we judge a church. How do we judge a church that a church is on, that's on the right track with God? We judge it by its fruit, and there's four ways, and there's a booklet that we can make available, and I'll do it this ne next week. I'll, I'll try to get it available for you. It's about how to, how to choose a, a, a good assembly. It's written by my founding pastor, a spiritual father in my life who went home to be with the Lord. And there's number, number one, it, does, do they preach the whole counsel of the word of God? Or is there just pet doctrines or, 
or just one-dimensional teaching where we're always talking about the same thing. Number two, uh, so it's, number one is the whole counsel of God. Number two is their body life. Is there a body of people that are just, is there edifying itself in love? And purport, I mean, after church is so awesome in this church, sometimes I just stand back and I'll just watch what's going on. Everybody's encouraging everybody. They're praying together, they're talking to each other, they're sitting down and eating. It's so incredible, it's so awesome. The, the, the Uber driver that took me in this morning is from Nigeria. And I get in the car and you know, I'm just preparing for the message, preparing, and he goes, you're a pastor, right? <laughs> I go, yeah, and he goes, he goes, can I ask you a question? And so we just had this wrap all the way up, all the way up here, and he was just asking about like, you know, churches and forgiving people, and and it's like, you know, and, and he's going to come to our church to somebody. He's from Nigeria, and, and really sweet guy. But there's this encouraging and this building up, and when you're on your own, you don't have it. The third, the third thing is, so number two is bodily. Number three is, is there evangelism going on? Is there missions? Is there like, are we walking out the last commandment that Jesus Christ gave to us in Matthew 28, 20? Go into all the, go into all the world, into all ethnic groups, preach, teach, make disciples. And that's why we have a Bible school, we're making disciples. Are we making disciples? Are we out there? And yesterday we were out there um, just in, in a new neighborhood and just met some people. And I love it. I just love talking to people. Met a guy who, he was, so, he, was a, he was a elder of another church up in Montgomery, and he just said, brothers, I want to pray for you. He just prayed over us. And I walked away with lots of mosquito bites, but it was, I was so encouraged. I was so blessed. And it's such a great time of fellowship. Number three, do, does that church evangelize? And by the grace of God, we do that by faith. Because you know something? Evangelism and outreach is not marketing. It's not a way, it's not a way to market your church. It's just obeying the great commandment. It's just, you know, I'm talking to people about Christ because God told me to do that. And it may not be like, you know, like I'm under some kind of religious thing. It's just, Lord, I'm praying at, this, at the shopping center, in the parking lot, my neighbor, or conversations like, I'm an ambassador for Christ. And, you know, you are ambassadors. You're ambassadors for Christ. You're ambassadors in this church. And you know something? The best way that you can reach your community is by you, just sharing your faith. And just sharing Christ and saying, you know something, God is doing something. God is doing something in my heart. God is doing something in this church. There's something, there's something stirring in our midst. And when we share Christ and we invite people to be discipled into the body of Christ, we're obeying the great commandment, the, the, the great commission. And number four, the fourth thing about a godly church is a church that doesn't have a pastor that is walking out the uh, the office and the responsibility and the accountability of a, of a, of a church, of what, how God has called him to be. And we look at, and there's many other things that we can look at as a, as a church, as a healthy church. I think another thing that we can look at is, is, is this church looking to um, plant other churches. And, and so when we look at a church, how do we judge a church? We, we judge them by their fruit. Um, we're not judging them by human standards but we're judging them, do they have the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. And you know something? I personally, and this is just me, and don't get angry at me, I would never move anywhere where there's not a church. I, I just would not move there. I, that's just me, because, like, I, you know, I'm the kind of person that I need to be in a church to lead my family, to be faithful in, in my business, to just to walk with God. I, it's, for me to move somewhere where there's just no church, 
Like it would be like, it'd be like moving somewhere in, in a part of the United States where there's no food and nothing to eat. I'm gonna die eventually. And so our priorities, our priority, as sheep, we need priorities. We need eternal priorities, priorities that we don't sacrifice on the altar of the temporal. And that's what we've, uh, someone said that years ago. Don't sacrifice the eternal on the altar of the temporal. Don't sacrifice, have eternal, eternal priorities in your life. And I think there's things that we struggle with. There's things that we suffer on many different levels just because we're ignorant. In Hosea chapter six, it says, he says, my people, they're dying because of lack of knowledge. You know, they're dying because of lack of knowledge. And I think that having divine priorities in our life keeps us in a safe place. It keeps us healthy. It keeps us in a place where we have wisdom. It keeps us in a place where, where if we start to wander, and we wander, someone can, you know, we can be checked. And, and we can be checked, and it's great. But I think, as, I think in our Western culture, our thinking is like, no one's going to tell me what to do. No one's going to tell me what to do. And, and if like, you know, if we get... If we get too close, if the word of God gets too close to some of my, my, my private pet things that I like in my life and, and starts, to, starts to challenge those things, or then, then I withdraw, I get offended, and I point at someone that, well, that church abused me. And that could happen. I mean, people can get hurt in a church. That happens, and that's terrible when that happens. But you know something? We're commanded to be in a body of Christ. We're commanded to have... Um, we're commanded to be in the body of Christ and to su- submit and to be a part of the ministry of Jesus Christ because submission is a word today that's a scary word. Like, we don't like that word because, oh, it means I'm gonna lose some rights and I'm gonna lose some freedoms. Yeah, freedoms that are gonna get us in trouble. Um, submission means that I love, I love someone in the body of Christ in Romans chapter 12, verse 10, and it means that I, I submit to one another because of love. And... Um, Ephesians 4, verse 11, there's a pastor teacher, and he teaches, and he preaches, and he leads. Jeremiah 31, it's very interesting that Jeremiah here, he was a pastor, a very broken-hearted pastor, a pastor that he was a prophet, and he was also a pastor for his people, and he said this in Jeremiah 31. If you read the chapter, it says, God was giving shepherds as a sign of blessing and prosperity to the nation of Israel. God loved Israel God loved the nation of Israel. God loves the United States. God loves Montgomery County. God loves Mongolia, uh, Mongolia. <laughs> Magnolia. <laughs> God loves Mongolia too. You know, God loves you and he's put, he put a pastor in your life. Is he perfect? Absolutely yes. No, he's not perfect. No, he's not perfect. Ask my wife. She's back there. She'll tell you. Nope. You know, but he, God puts pastors in our life that will, that will, and it's a sign of prosperity and blessing in your life. You know, that's, that's Jeremiah 31. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 11. I love this verse. It's a word that says, the, the, in the Hebrew, it's so rich. But I think, you know, in the English, we just scratched the surface of how rich this verse is. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 11. And who wrote Ecclesiastes? What was his name? Solomon. Solomon. That's right. Thank you. Someone's listening. So Solomon, he wrote, and what was Solomon's life all about? It was just wandering and getting himself in trouble. He had lots of prosperity, and he, had, he could do anything he wanted. He had as many women as he wanted. And in the end, he writes this book called Ecclesiastes, and it's, the most, it's one of the most depressing books of the Bible. And he just, he's, he's describing this life of Epicureanism, which is eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. 
And this was his, his, this was his philosophy. And it's very much a part of our philosophy today in the, in, the, in the nation that we live in is that live for the moment, do it now because tomorrow you may not have that opportunity. You might be too old, you know? You might, be, you might not have a job or something. And, 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 and so Solomon writes this at the end of the book, at the end of the chapter, the last chapter of the book, and he writes this. He goes, you know what? I want to tell you is that the words of the wise are as goads. Now, what are goads? Goads are like these prodding, they were like these staffs and these sticks that were used to, to guide cattle. It's like Psalm 23. It's like the rod and the staff of the shepherd. The words of the wise are as goads, as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies. Wow. It's an amazing verse, huh? Nails. You know, when you fasten a nail, it's in there. It's in there. And it's, it's in there. And it's not just by anybody, but it's a, it's a master. You know, like when we, there's, there's a house being built next to us. And sometimes I'll just look at what they're doing. And these people are amazing. They're, just, they're working in the heat and the sun. And they're putting the roof up. And it's just amazing how, how fast they're putting these nails in and, and, and just how they're doing it. And they're masters. They're masters of, of what they're doing. But the wisdom that God gives us through teachers and pastors and, and men and women uh, just of God that, that, like, this is great. But God wants us to have, it says here, masters of the assemblies, it says here uh, in, in chapter 12, verse 11, um, which are given from one shepherd. And I like that. We see this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. Paul says to the Corinthian church, he goes, you guys have so many teachers. You have so many people speaking into your life, which is great. But really, you only have one father. He says, and that's me. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm a dad in your life because I poured into you and I begat you in the faith. And you know something? I think there's nothing wrong with taking advantage of listening to the voices of, of, of other shepherds and teachers as long as it really has that one sound of the finished work that has, that has healthy teaching that's gonna portray the nature and the characteristic of God properly but I think that we really need just one shepherd in our life. We need, we need a pastor in our life. We need a pastor teacher. And why do we need that? Because we, and I think that the devil is gonna just try to pull us, he's gonna get us isolated with all these crazy things. And, and I just think that like, and don't feel like I'm getting on you about church attendance, but I sometimes there's people that, that like, that you know, like you really wanna help, but you just never see them. And they're just never, they're never in the, con- they're just never, they're never around, and they're just struggling, and it's like, you know what I'd like to tell you? I'd like to say, come in, the, come, in the, come in the midst, come in the fold, and just get encouraged and get built up, and, and don't be, be beat down. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17 says, you know something, God gives pastors to the flock, and you know something, be thankful for them. They lead you, and they watch over your soul in prayer and in study, and that's labor. And if you're not a pastor, maybe you don't understand what that means, but but I think a parent is maybe another way to look at it. Like you're wondering about your kid. How's my son? How's my daughter doing? Are they okay? Are they happy? Are they in a safe place? Are they wandering? You know, when it, you know we have a five-year-old at home, and if you've had five-year-olds, you know that when it's quiet in the house, you better find out what's going on because something could be going on dangerously, or it could be you, your son could your your kid could be in trouble. And just in this simple message this morning, I want to communicate that like when God gives us a pastor, like this is someone that is laboring over you, watching over your soul. And I can't tell you sometimes in the middle of the night, I'll wake up and I'll just think about somebody. I'll just wonder like, where are, where, what are they doing? How are they doing? And I'll pray and I'll, and I'll study and I'll be thinking. It's a labor. Um, 
And so I want to end with this, this simple message this morning. Um, there's a covering, and that covering is a protection in our, in our lives. And whenever a sheep is isolated and on its own, it's going to be prime prey. Don't let the devil separate you. And the devil, what he tries to do is he tries to distract, and then he destroys. He's the great distractor, and then he's the great destroyer. And that's, that's in, the same, in the same chapter that we read in chapter Peter's book, his epistle. He's talking about pastors that are under shepherds. He's talking about the enemy of the soul that will try to distract you, and he'll distract uh, me, he'll distract me, and he'll try to get us separated really from, from, um, from just edification, from the body of Christ, and from a place of, of a safe community, and get us into a place where we're doing something good, maybe we're doing something religious, but it's just outside, there's no covering there. Have you ever done something in your life that there's no covering, and you just feel like you're just being attacked, you get these projections, you get these thoughts, you get these, like, and you just get so beat up, and, and thank God for a church, thank God for this place, thank you for, thank God for ever grace for this church that we can come together. The covering for a pastor, you are my, you guys are a covering for me, you know? I wake up in the morning, and I'm accountable to you. I've got to be here, right? I've got to be here and preach. I just, you know, I have to come and serve, and this is a covering for me, and, and there's, there's people in this body that are, for me, like a covering, and and encouragement and friends that pray for you and that hold you up. And I know that many of you pray, and many of you are behind us, behind my wife and I in prayer and support. And then sometimes we'll just get texts or calls from you guys or you just ask like, how you guys are doing? How, how are you guys? And we appreciate that. We th- we're very thankful for that. And so thank the Lord for shepherds. And I wanna talk more about Jesus Christ being the shepherd next Sunday. But shepherds, God gives us shepherds, number one, because it's a sign of his favor. It's a sign of his, of prosperity in our life that we have a shepherd. Number two, he gives them to us for our protection, for guidance in our life. And we should enjoy that and we should just say thank you and I submit to that and I'm going to be accountable to that. And number three, God gives us shepherds in our life to um, protect us from, from just spiritual attacks that come in. And a shepherd is someone that, uh, I'll close with this, pray for your shepherd, pray for us, pray for me, pray for Pastor Adam and those that are serving here, pray, pray for us. I think sometimes pastors fail and they blow up and there's these crazy situations that happen with them because the body doesn't, there's no covering of the body. There's no, there's no one praying for these people and there's no, there's no one that's being their friends. It's unbelievable and I've said it before, many times I meet pastors and they don't have any friends. They don't have any people in their life to pray with them because they're all paranoid that someone's gonna try to take their job or they're gonna lose their, their salary or they're gonna lose their position. Pray for pastors. Pray for pastors in America. Pray for pastors here in, in Texas because as the church goes, so does the nation. And, and, and as the church goes, so as the pastor goes, so does the church. Pray for pastors that we would be, that we would be bold and courageous with the whole word of God, the full counsel of God, and that we would not waver and that we would not make a compromise uh, based on our personalities or based on our uh, personal circumstances. Amen. Just a message from my heart for you guys this morning, and uh, let's just bow our heads and, and close in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the, the body of Christ, for the sheep, Lord, for the shepherds in our lives, the people that look over our souls because of love and not because of manipulation or micromanagement or something that is harmful. 
But Father, we thank you, God, for the body of Christ today. Lord, we thank you for this body, Lord, that we can be a refuge in this area, that we can be a place, that this building can be a place of blessing and a place that we congregate and that Christ would always be exalted here and that the mission of the church could be could always be um, uh, jettisoned out of here into, into our communities where we work, where we live, where we play. In Jesus' precious name, we pray these things. Amen. Amen.